0: Welcome to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., Chief Joy Officer and Divorce Coach at Joyfully Be. Each week I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you shift your junk to joy, heartbreak to healing, and free the funk so you can move forward faster. We don't just survive, we thrive by using joy as our GPS to create a life you're obsessed with. I invite you now to grab your cup of joy juice for another epic episode like my mama B always says put a smile on your face and joy in your heart and with that let's start hey hey everybody welcome back to cup of joy the podcast i am bringing a really special episode to you today because i met a friend in the grocery store about a month ago just a little over a month ago maybe almost 2 months at this point and we were both in the wine aisle searching for one of our favorite things, and we just got to talking, and it was kind of a little bit of divine intervention, realized that she and I had immediate connection and both living the divorced life. So we decided to go to dinner together and get to know each other a little bit better, and as a result, I asked Lisa, my dear friend Lisa, to come on and talk to you guys today. So welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. And we are actually sitting in Lisa's new apartment, her cozy, beautiful new apartment as a newly divorced woman. And this podcast is unlike any podcast I've ever done because honestly, I've never had somebody that I've met as courageous and open book as you are just willing to talk about where you're at. And what's coming up? And so I thought, wow, this would be a really powerful conversation to have about navigating being newly divorced and all that stuff. So maybe you want to just start by telling us a little bit about, you know, it hasn't been that long that you've been divorced. And I know you have a whole story. We talked a little bit about how you kind of got to this place in the first place, but maybe share just a little bit of your backstory and how you found yourself here today.
1: Well, I've been with my husband for 29 years, married for 27. And in 2009, he left me for an affair and came back home. And I have some things that I thought about after the fact. Yeah. Instead of him wanting to come home, he said, what if I came back home? And I didn't think twice about it then because I just wanted my family to be back together. But now that I look back, I'm like, that wasn't somebody who truly wanted to be back with me. Yeah. So he came back and we spent the next 13 years struggling. Wow. 13. 13 13 years I struggled to forgive him. I do believe I could have forgiven him had he been more kind and gentle with my heart. Yeah. And I kept asking him to show remorse. I kept asking him to show some humility. And I was asking him for things. He would often ask me, What are your needs? What are your needs? And I couldn't articulate what my needs were, but I was still asking him for things. So those must have been my needs.
0: That's really interesting, too, because I think that a lot of people don't actually know what their needs are. Like you said, it's hard when you get asked that question, like, what do you need? But you don't actually understand. I know I didn't understand this specifically until I got divorced and got help for it through it through recovery, that our needs are actually things like love, connection, significance, validation, variety, certainty, But it comes up as like, what do you security, safety, safety? safety. You know, that's my biggest jam, right? Safety. And you're learning that big time right now. But when somebody asks you, and you're in that vulnerable state, and also you've talked to me a little bit about feeling insecure, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right? Less than. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that felt like over that 13 year period, or even probably more than that?
1: Well, it's funny because in the beginning, when I met him, I thought he was too good for me. I thought because he grew up with two parents that were married, he grew up in a nice house in the Hamptons in New York. He was Catholic. He was very smart. He was really kind of GQ kind of guy. But I thought... He was so much better than me because I grew up with an alcoholic mother and no father. I pretty much was left to do whatever I wanted to do. And I was quite troubled as a younger person. And
0: so you found this guy kind of like your prince charming almost. Like why wow, this guy's gonna save me or not
1: that he was gonna save me, but I thought he chose me. Somebody so great chose me. Ugh. The ragamuffin of the group, right? He could have had any woman he
0: wanted, and he chose me. So and do
1: you I feel think, like
0: that started, like that insecurity started from that get-go?
1: I believe, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I I do believe that that played a huge part in me staying all these years. He would often take pop shots at me. There was always somebody else in the marriage. There was always somebody he was texting or messaging or emailing. He always had issues with being vulnerable and couldn't really be intimate with me outside of the bedroom. So I was always a villain. I mean, he would listen to somebody else, but wouldn't necessarily listen to me. Yeah. But I think that's what kept me in the marriage. And then fast forward, the end of July 2022, I found out he was having yet another affair. And this time it was a more dangerous affair and he left me for good. Wow. And um, though we're not fully divorced yet, I did sign the papers uh, on Monday. So
0: this is fresh. It's I very th- fresh. This is new. This is fresh. Like, like I said, I've never had somebody and just so our listeners know too, like you really wanted to come on and talk about this part of transformation and this experience And that's very rare. Like I said, it's very brave. It's very courageous. I know that if we sit down again in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years, that you'll have a totally different experience and energy and all these things. And if you guys hear a little bit of barking, it's because Lisa has these beautiful little fur babies and <laughs> Odin really wants to hang out with us yeah. right now. So if you hear <laughs> like just he's he's <laughs> one of the babies, he just wants to hang out. So anyways, flash forward to now, what do you feel like divorce is kind of revealing to you in this short amount of time, I know you're going to learn so much more about what was there. But even in our short conversation over dinner, a couple nights ago, it was like, you had already really started to explore a lot about yourself. And what has this really be- already began to reveal to you and teach you about yourself?
1: Well, I mean, that's a good question. Of what I know about myself is I don't know myself.
0: Ooh, that's then- Yes. Yes
1: years taking care of my three kids, my husband, our household, our life, and just struggling financially to get through everything that we've been through. Yeah. I didn't really have the time or energy to focus on myself. You know, I put everybody else. And and part of that is a personality thing. I'm a caretaker. Yeah. I take care of, you know, I yeah. make sure everybody's okay.
0: Well, you've got kids too. Yes. So we've got what, three kids? Mm -hmm. So three kids and you and your husband have been together for how many years? Like 29 29 years. years. So that in of itself, I know a lot of women get in that habit in the pattern of, really taking on that motherhood role and being everywhere all the time and just becomes kind of this all-encompassing thing. And just that alone can really- a lot of
1: sacrificing. Yeah. A lot of sacrificing on my part. Would I do things differently? Yes. I would have been my best. You know, like putting on your mask on the airplane first before you care for, because I was very much depleted, Mm. very much depleted. And I was gaining more and more weight And I was becoming more and more depressed because of our marriage, because of the treatment, because of everything that was happening. And I was storing it all inside me. And I wasn't healing. And I couldn't face anything. He kept trying to get me to go to counseling. We would go, but I felt like I was being victimized all over again. It wasn't the right counseling for me. I really needed trauma therapy for myself, which I've since gotten over the last um, several months, which has really made a huge difference for me. I listen to podcasts, I read books, I am searching for anything and everything that will help me be stronger, better. And the one thing I realized that this happened for me, not to me, Mm -hmm. and I will be greater for it. I'm just sorry that I wasn't greater
0: Yeah. And there's no way that you could have known that then, you know, sometimes we just have to go through that tough stuff to realize like the pain has to be so high that we go, hold on, something's not right with me. Something's not right for me. And there is something more for me. And until we take the time to prioritize what that looks like, we just stay stuck in the cycle. Yeah. And it's not a conscious thing either. I don't know if either. you felt like that, but it's like, it's not a conscious thing. I that felt you're numb. Being
1: I felt very numb. numb. Yeah. And I felt like I just kept shutting down. Yeah. I kept shutting down. I isolated myself from my husband. I did withhold withhold love and forgiveness, but I wasn't really necessarily him. It was everybody and everything. And I did not realize that I was suffering from depression and, and PTSD from the first affair.
0: Right, and
1: I suffered from depression, and I continue to suffer, but I didn't realize it because it's not something I ever experienced before.
0: Yeah, you don't even know that. You just go like, I don't feel like myself. But I know something
1: was wrong. But I could not move. Yeah, I felt frozen. Yeah, I could not do anything.
0: It really is that frozen paralyzing feeling and I know that very well from going through this time in my life which is why this conversation is so important that the women who are newly divorced or heading in that direction or maybe even or experiencing even
1: about betrayal and right now what's the first thing I would say the minute you find out about betrayal knowing what I know now walk and I'm not saying walk for good Ooh. I'm saying walk step out Take a month, two months, say, listen, I need no contact for a couple of months. I need to figure some stuff out because if you stay or when it initially happens, you're in a tornado Yeah, and you do crazy things that aren't even like you.
0: Yeah. Or just unhealthy.
1: Unhealthy, crazy things like insane behaviors. Now, except- I don't think I did anything super crazy and insane except for maybe I got a tattoo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love your tattoos, by the way. They're amazing. Nothing wrong with it. I got a tattoo when I got divorced too. I took the time to figure it out. But what I hear you saying really is take time to create space.
1: You need to get that clarity and you cannot get that clarity until you separate yourself from the whole situation and the person that betrayed you, period.
0: What kind of clarity did you get when you created that space? Or are you saying you didn't? I I didn't create
1: the space. So actually, when I called my husband's affairs husband and told him that his wife was having an affair with my husband, that's a tongue twister. Yeah, My husband cut off all contact with me and went straight to the attorney. To file for divorce.
0: It's so painful. Yes,
1: yes. But he did me a favor. And this is what space and clarity has done for me. I realize he did me a favor. I also realized that I have been in an emotionally abusive marriage for many, many years. And I have also had such low self-worth, low self-esteem and no value that I tolerated more than most anybody would have tolerated. Anybody with any kind of self-love, self-worth would have tolerated.
0: Wow. That's Um, really powerful. Very
1: powerful. And I also realized that this is the best thing for me because Mm -hmm. I was lost. I was a shell of myself and I was broken and depressed and damaged and I was gaining weight and I was not the vibrant, beautiful woman that's deep inside me. And now I'm coming back to that. I still have a ways to go. I have a lot of healing to do because I've allowed someone's actions to define me. So I have that regret about the person that I was I have the most regret that I wasn't my best with him because I could have walked away and said, you know what? I was my best. I did my best, but it just didn't work out. Yeah. You know, but instead now I'm like, well, I didn't do my best. I wasn't my best. I couldn't have been my best.
0: Yeah. Because I was very, I was in a lot of pain. So much and so much that you can't, again, you can't really see it until you step away from it. That's why that's, space and that what you said about no contact is huge because it's kind of a buzzword right now out in the divorce world but it really really is probably the number one thing for me personally. I take time with my clients to figure out if that's actually right for them because there's some people that it's not and you have to wait for the right time otherwise it's very traumatic experience. So there is a way to figure that out.
1: For me, Having been only with one man in 29 years, I was the one who didn't want the no contact. I was the one who kept reaching out. I was the one who kept emailing. I was the one who kept saying, I will do whatever we need to do to fix this marriage. He was already long gone, mentally, emotionally, physically, every, every way, shape and form. He had already fallen in love with this woman and created a new life with her. So I was the one who couldn't let go. He was all I knew. Yes. But I was not all he knew.
0: It's that staying in a toxic situation because of the comfort. It was a trauma
1: bond. Trauma bond, yeah.
0: Yes. Sometimes we just want what we think is that safety net and that comfort because it's familiar. It's certain. It's certain even when it's not right for us. Right, it's all I knew. That's it. And I did the same thing in my divorce. I just kept calling and texting and let's still do some holidays together. Like, I yeah, right. And we would do all this like coming together type thing. And we weren't even being physical or romantic with one another. We agreed on that. But just spending the time together or just still seeing on his social media was so painful that it took me back 25 steps Mm -hmm. backwards every time we would just exchange our energy, just be in each other's presence or even on the phone and things like that. So that no contact piece changed my life.
1: Yeah, me too. Mine too. Because prior to the no contact... Thankfully, he did the no content. Right. Prior to that, one, I didn't look at any of his media because I didn't want to know. No. it's too painful for me. It's
0: too much. But we
1: were actually sleeping together now and then. I knew he was pulling. I knew he was still seeing. Her. I didn't know. I had a feeling he was still seeing his affair, even though he said he wasn't and he wanted to heal and he wanted to recover.
0: You uh, you're intuitively I, knew. Intuitively, I, yeah.
1: still... Because I had been gaslit for so many years, still didn't trust what was inside of me. Sure. So I knew I had a feeling, but I chose to ignore it.
0: How have you started to change that piece of things for yourself where you're starting to listen to yourself more? You're starting to maybe trust yourself more. What does that look like for you? How did you make that shift from... I'm still not
1: 100% trusting of myself, not 100%. I mean, you're talking at least 25 years that I'm aware of gaslighting by my husband. Oh, yeah. That
0: doesn't happen in a month. No, you know, or a couple couple of weeks.
1: So that healing process is going to take some time. I think after months of him telling me he was not with her and he didn't want to be with anybody and he couldn't say whether we were going to be back together or not back together, he just wanted to heal. He wanted to, something wasn't right. And I found out that he was in fact with her in Florida again. So that day I followed my instinct for the first time in 25 years. Wow, I followed my instinct and I just went with it. I didn't doubt it like I had all these years.
0: What about that time was different?
1: I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I really couldn't tell you what you just made the
0: choice. You just made the choice.
1: It's for the first time in our marriage I actually followed my instinct, trusted it and went with it and it was 100% right. Oh, that I yeah. know everything else was 100% right, but I always doubted myself and I always let him gaslight me because I really believed I was wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: felt good. It felt like I could trust me a little bit more than I had before.
0: I think that's really important because I think when we give ourselves the opportunity to trust a little bit, just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then we prove, wow, that was good for me. That was healthy for me. That was right for me. Then we're willing to give it another go, go and grow it and grow it more and grow it more and trust it more and trust it more. And so then that way, when we do trust ourselves and maybe something doesn't work out in our favor, it doesn't feel like this tumultuous, like life altering situation. It's like our trust bank grows subtly, Smallly, just doing little, little steps. steps. What are some little steps that you've been doing for yourself to give yourself more support over the last couple of weeks and months?
1: So, well, I do a lot of reading, a lot of, you know, searching, but I'm very blessed to have such a wonderful support system. I mean, all my girlfriends called me regularly to check on me. I mean. I couldn't have made it without any of them. And my daughters, who have been very supportive, I couldn't have done it without any of them. My aunt, you know, calls me daily. And I mean, I'm just super blessed to Mm. have people in my life that have given me a lot of support. I can't even. And, you know, I don't I don't go to church all the time and I'm not. But I have relied on my higher power to get me through a lot of dark, dark, dark days. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: I love that you mentioned the support circle, the faith, because those things are super important. But there's another element of this that I think is really important that took me a, long, a much longer time than you to get to, which was just speaking openly and honestly about what was really going on. Because I carried so much shame and so much... I felt embarrassed just because I was divorced. I felt embarrassed and ashamed. And not that everyone feels like that. I hope a lot of people don't feel like that, but I really did. But you, when I met you, I think I was just like so in awe of you because I don't know if it's just a part of your personality or there is this strength that has come over you because I've only known you a short time. But what about it that has allowed you to be so open, honest and transparent from like the get go?
1: We lived with lies and secrets for so many years yeah. in my marriage and my family. And I just didn't want it anymore. I don't care who knows what happened. And I'm the first person I truly believe that you have to own your own stuff. Yes. And I truly believe that I was not my best in this marriage. I did yeah. not love him the way yeah. he needed to be loved. I did not give him consideration yeah. or respect. Never mind the reasons why. Never mind yeah. any of that. I love that. I have to look at why I allowed someone's actions to define me. Yeah. Because I was everything that is not my essence. Yes. And that is what I carry with me, that is the shame, that is the guilt, that is the regret
0: that I have. Mm -hmm. So, And that ownership, I feel, I love what you said about own it. I can own where I contributed to this outcome. Whether you want to believe it or not, anyone in our situation has in some way, shape or form, even if you were just a silent observer, Mm -hmm. You contributed through your silence of the outcome that you see. I'm not saying, and I love that you've shared your backstory. I'm not saying anyone deserves to be betrayed. I'm not saying anyone deserves to be cheated on or any of that. And you didn't create that, right? right? You didn't create that. But you also are willing to own the parts of your marriage that maybe could have been, and maybe some people listening had a great marriage. I know I did. I I Or I thought I did. a lot of people who did. Sure. A lot of people who did.
1: But here's the thing. We can't fix someone else. We can only fix ourselves. So if we run around saying, it's your fault, you did it, you did this, you did that, you did that, Mm -hmm. then there's no space for us to fix ourselves.
0: And there's no room to be empowered to say, oh, I participated in that. That means I can change that if you didn't contribute in any way, that means that you aren't actually a co-creator of your life. And we all are, right? We all are. So I love that ownership. And the reason why I love that you're so upfront with everything and everyone has to go at their own pace. And I'm not saying like error at all. Everybody walks
1: on their own. Nobody looks the same.
0: Sure. But if I know, I mean, what would you say? Because I know some women who are listening are in a position where they haven't told anyone yet. Either that they're considering divorce, that they've signed the papers, or that they are divorced and they have a strong support circle, but that support circle can't support them because they don't even know
1: mm-hmm.
0: what they're moving through. What would you say to those folks who are in that spot?
1: I mean, it's different for everybody. The first time my husband had the affair, I did not share it with everybody. I did not. Yeah. If I had a bullhorn, I would not have. You give me a bullhorn right now, I'll tell the whole neighborhood. I right. will tell the whole neighborhood what has happened. Yeah. And I don't just blame it on him. Yes, yeah. lonely. He was hurting. I was lonely. I was hurting. He chose to handle it a different way mm-hmm. than I did. I shut down. I withdrew. Mm-hmm. I became depressed. He went out and looked for somebody to fulfill him and to make his life better. That's the difference between us two. Mm-hmm. One's not better than the
0: other, right? I love so, what you just said, how we chose to handle it differently. That is such a powerful statement. We were both
1: suffering. Yeah. <laughs> we both suffered differently and we both chose to handle it differently.
0: Yeah. I think that's the key to somebody maybe who isn't, hasn't yet shared where they're at, but that is. I would tell them though, speak your truth. That's a relief. Truth is truth. And it really does set you free, right? It
1: really sets you free. It really does. You know, everybody's like, well, you don't want to tell everybody. You don't want to. I do. This is what's happening in my life. This is who I am. And you know, because I've been so vocal about my life and what's happening. I mean, I wear my heart on my sleep anyway, and I have a very hard time hiding my truth. anyway. But because of that, a woman who I have dealings with on a regular basis that I never, I don't see daily, but who calls into my work, you know, to get support and stuff from our team, called me and said, I know that you said your husband had an affair. And I just found out yesterday, my husband had an affair. And this is a woman who doesn't have any support, so I support her, and I've given her resource. I mean, if I didn't, from a you know, if I didn't tell everybody and their grandmother what was happening, I'd tell strangers on a shuttle on my way to Las Vegas in,
0: in the grocery store. Yeah, That's
1: how I, met you. I don't <laughs>
0: care. It That's really true. does. I think the truth not only sets you free, but it just it gives you the relief it also gives you this sense of transparency and vulnerability yeah. with people that a lot. We need vulnerability and truth and transparency we to, do. to create we do. real, right. deep, meaningful connections. I mean, if you and I have learned anything, it's we got to speak our truth. We got to say who we yes. are and how we're being. Otherwise, we're going to attract something that isn't exactly. actually for us. I right? saw
1: this saying about keeping your issues inside of you. It says, don't allow them to reside inside of you. Put them somewhere else because your body is not a coffin.
0: Wow.
1: And I was like, oh my, I was feeling that in so many
0: ways. Because I have so many divorced women come yeah. to me and say, Heidi, I feel dead inside. Yeah. What I need from you as a coach is to help me feel alive again, is to help me find myself again. And that's the process that we navigate through. But it's so true. I've never heard it described as like, that's like using your body as a coffin. Yes. Whoa. Because
1: yeah. You're keeping all of that. And that that was me. That's why I say I was a shell of myself for so many years. I was dying inside. Yeah. I was, if I look at my before and after pictures, having lost 70 pounds, and I plan on continuing on. I realize I see that before picture, and I'm like, that person was so in so much pain. Yeah. And so sad and so depressed.
0: You showed me that picture at dinner, and it looked nothing. If you. It looked like I ate me. You didn't even look like you ate you. You didn't look like you. Your eyes didn't look like you. Your skin didn't look like you. Your hair didn't look like you. Your body didn't look like you. And I was dying
1: inside. You didn't I'm look so like sad. you.
0: That didn't look like the woman that I'm sitting next to right now at all. And I know you just showed me before we started recording a picture of perhaps some different looks that maybe you'll play with over the next couple of weeks, months. Who knows? So I'm working on
1: my vision board because one of the first most devastating things to me was it was our dreams, our future, our life, our goal. And when he did what he did, when he left and split all that, I was left standing there with empty hands. And I was like, "Uh, I have no future. I have no dreams. I have no goals. I have no nothing. And here I am this broken shell of myself. And so I've really worked hard to take those steps. I don't necessarily know who I am I don't know quite where I'm going. I only know that I'm walking forward with my head held high and trying to bat off all the things that are coming my way as they come. Yeah. But one of the things that I'm working on doing is creating a vision board and I'm going to, I'm doing it uh, what does my life look like? What do I look like? What are my goals? Like, where am I going to be in five years? What does my home look like? What mm. do things smell like? I mean, yeah, every, it, and I feel like that will give me some kind of grounding because when my husband left me for his affair, uh, I had no foundation of my own. Yeah, none.
0: I love what you shared about how everything was yours together, right? And we do that when we're in partnership. It's mm -hmm. ours. It's not mine and yours and ours, Mm -hmm. right? That's really powerful too, to have a mine, yours and ours. But to only have an ours bucket is kind of a dangerous spot for any relationship to be in. So to people listening who maybe are still in a great relationship, the message here is don't forget to consistently check in with you. Are you, do you still know who you are? If that person leaves tomorrow or heaven forbid, they pass away.
1: Be yourself, be your best. And you know, it's all this thing. There's marriage. Here's two circles, right? He has his interests. You have your interests, but your circles join each other. Sure. And there's that shared interest Mm -hmm. where I believe that in most cases, our circles are just right on top of each other. Yeah. And there's no his, hers, and then ours together. There's just ours together. Right. And that makes it more devastating. It
0: does make it more devastating. What it does happen. And it's why so many of us go through this. I don't even know who I am. I don't know what I like. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I don't like. What brings me joy. Yeah. This is a time of exploration and creativity transformation. transformation you know what do you feel like you're trying to what's been the hardest to let go of
1: being with only one man in 29 years being with that one man yeah and my negative self talk that i'm not worthy i'm not worth enough i'm never good enough i will never be good enough i have no value
0: Mm. Now,
1: when I start feeling that way, I mean, I have a lot of things that I turn to a lot of things I read, a lot Mm. of things I listen to. I know God values me. I know that he created me special. And I know that I'm a truly good person. So I try to conjure those up and focus on those when the negative self-talk starts to come in. But it's been years of that. So But I found a way to turn it around and combat it. And it's a constant battle daily. I mean, I am not by any means in a perfect place. And I don't know that I ever will be. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm definitely going to work hard to find my healing and find my recovery and find the true essence of who I'm really supposed to be.
0: I agree. I also am not in a perfect place and I never will be. But... Both you and I will be are and will continue to be in different spaces, in different places, in our relationship with ourselves and others. And if we can keep that perspective of it gets to be different, but you have to choose it. And one thing that I respect so much about you is, you know, you've shared with me that you're in in some groups and mm-hmm. you're showing up for therapy and mm-hmm. you're not just allowing yourself to create a vision board of all the things that you desire. That's one yes. part of it, One part, but you're also on the other spectrum yes. doing the hard stuff yes. that doesn't feel good. Yes. It feels good in the long run and you're doing it for that future version of yourself yes. that you want to be. But in the yes. moments it's like on a regular yes. consistent basis, you're doing some really hard things self-discovery with really hard feelings.
1: I want to say something about that too. I did not self-medicate. I did self-medicate the first time I found out about the uh, an affair in 2009. This time, I did not self-medicate at all. I felt every horrible, excruciating, painful feeling and emotion anyone. I'm surprised I even survived. Yeah, I really was on my knees. Yes. I was lower than low. So I would say, if you're going through it, go through it. It's horrible. And you don't want to because it's so easy to pick up that big bottle of wine <laughs> and drink yeah. it down and numb those feelings. But mm-hmm. I will tell you, it's not going to help you in the long run because you won't appreciate what you have been through. You won't yeah. appreciate that at all.
0: I call that in my group, we call it the shed, shedding. It's releasing. And if we don't feel it to mm-hmm. the depth of it, number one, we block our expansion. We block our ability to feel uncomfortable. And one of the greatest gifts we can give to ourselves is to learn how to be good at being uncomfortable because then you can and show up pain. And, and in pain. Mm-hmm. When we go into those depths of feeling it in real time and knowing we're going to be okay, we're going to be okay on the other side of it and we just have to feel through it. We actually create physical and emotional room in our bodies and in our minds and in our spirit and our soul to feel at a greater capacity. So if you can feel more pain, you now have the ability to feel the opposite of that, which is more joy. Yes. If you have the ability to- in time, yes, <laughs> in time with practice. yeah, And that's what I just want to commend you for is just your commitment to practice the tough stuff and not just read the books and not just do the things. Because sometimes that personal growth, I know you and I share this in common because we love growing and we will love growth. And it's easy to listen to the podcast or pick up the book or do the thing, but then not implement it on a daily basis. And
1: that's, I think that's the key is you can't just read and watch and listen. You actually have to take action. Yeah. And I think also the one thing that this whole thing has done for me is it made me realize what's truly important.
0: Mm, What is that for you?
1: My relationships, my support system. Yeah. Money's not important. It's the time you spend with the people you love that's important. A big house is not
0: important. Mm-hmm. I know it's, that one's hard too, because you guys had just built your dream home together. Well, we
1: built our dream home. And then six months later, we sold it because we didn't love the area. And then we bought our, well, not maybe not our dream home, but a home we love yeah. right down the road. And in July of 2021, and then 15 months later, mm-hmm. we sold it. And now we're divorcing. So yeah. yeah. And that was also hard for me to let go. Because we had worked 29 years of poverty, of struggling with three children and a lot of mishaps along the way. We we struggled and we knew what we wanted. We used to walk the neighborhoods of homes that were $400,000, $500,000. We used to dream and we said one day, one day, and then bam, here we are. We have it and then it's all over. And that made me realize none of that other stuff was ever important. Mm-hmm. None of it's ever important. It will never be important. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize that with the right man, with the right relationship and the right deep love, I would live in a box oh. with that man. Yeah. But it has to be right. And it hasn't been right in many years. And I don't think I ever realized that because we accept the love we think we deserve. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I deserved anything great. Yeah. So I am working on that, making sure that I work on my value, my self worth. Yeah. And hopefully someday I will attract the right thing.
0: Yeah. The time's right. Yeah, I know you will and whatever that looks like. But be that a career, be that a partner, be that a friendship, be that the next space that you live in, be that like the greatest gift that I have found. And I feel like you're discovering and uncovering this too. Like you said, in the very beginning of this podcast was like, he gave me this gift and you're still exploring what all those gifts are. But for me, it was, I didn't even realize that I didn't love myself so deeply and I have never loved myself more deeply than I love myself today. And I would have never been able to say that to you or even Mm -hmm. known that I was off in my life in so many areas and showing up so unauthentically, not unauthentically, but not completely authentic had I not gone through this. As authentic as you could have been. Yeah. I would have never, I would have never found this version of me if I hadn't gone through that.
1: I feel that too. Now I'm not all the way there, but I'm already in the beginning stages. I'm already loving my time with myself and I will marry myself first. Yes. Before I marry anybody else ever again. Yes, And my most important relationship is with people I love and with myself. Yes. And I think too, when you're ready and the time comes, you have to be able to have your individuality and still give your significant other yourself. So that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. But when that time comes, you know, what does that look like? Because you don't want to be standoffish and not vulnerable and not intimate with somebody because you're afraid. Yeah. You're going to lose yourself. And that's a whole other conversation we'll have to have in a year.
0: We will. We will. One of the things that I wanted to ask you is, and we'll kind of wrap in this space, is when I interview in a year, how do you want to feel different than you feel right now?
1: I want to feel joy. And I want to feel alive. Yes. Like I am truly living, not just existing.
0: That's I feel what it. I want. I feel that.
1: And I want to just maintain my deep connections with the people that I love. I really have been so lucky and blessed to have so many great people in my life, to have met so many other great
0: people in my life since all
1: this happened.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing this oh, real, really? raw, vulnerable conversation. I have two questions I ask every guest on my podcast to okay. close. Right. The first one is, and I know it for everyone that I interview, it can be kind of tricky, but I know you can do it. If you could share one thing that you love most about you.
1: My spirit. Yes, yes. Yeah. I always say I have this happy bug inside me, and even in my darkest days, my happy bug must have been, you know, in a little
0: coma, <laughs> but he's still in there. <laughs> That is so precious. I can feel that. I mean, from the one time that we hung out for dinner, even from the time that we were in the grocery store in the wine aisle, I could feel your happy bug inside of you. Mm -hmm. Your spirit is so special and so unique. And I'm just really a joy to be able to know you. I know that we wouldn't have been able to meet if this didn't happen. So the last thing is, and it's ironic that this was how you want to feel a year from now, but I want you to try to harness. What joy feels like. What does joy feel like? Can you describe it?
1: Well, it's been a long time since I felt joy, really. Yeah. You know, things that should have brought me joy didn't bring me joy for many years. Yep. That should have been my first sign, but for some reason, my emotions and my mind were not connecting. I would say joy for me, just smiling, just feeling. Mm. so happy and warm inside. I mean, that's what I would feel if if I could feel joy again.
0: I'm really proud of you for answering that. It it gets me really choked up because I've never had somebody in your position like this who's vulnerable enough to talk in this space. And that's usually a pretty easy question. And I know that's a hard question right now, especially since you're seeking really engaging with that feeling more and more and more in a year from now I know when we sit down and have that next chapter chat on the podcast that you're going to be able to describe that in a way that is so unavailable right now. so thank you for sharing what you hope it feels like that warmth and that like and just that smiling
1: all the time with for no reason.
0: yeah you know? ooh that's so good
1: because then you know you feel it.
0: yeah right? That's so good.
1: I don't think it's anything that's going to make you feel joyful. It's just something that bubbles up inside of you. Yeah. you know, Without
0: noticing. It's like you don't have to try to feel that feeling inside.
1: And, you know, I mean, during all this, there are times and I'm not the only one. I know that you felt it. And I know other women and men that are going through this feeling. They wonder if they're ever going to feel joy again. Ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ever. Absolutely. Yeah, that's I believe
1: we will. I believe.
0: I know, I know that you will, and so many people listening. That's why I call my company Joyfully Divorced, because I lost all my joy. Even though the happy bug was in there, like you said, it wasn't a coma. And so we got to resuscitate and give it that medicine, the medicine of Mm self-love and self-discovery. That is the medicine, right? Like you said, you don't have to overdose yourself or even dose yourself with things, other things that are just distractors and numbing agents. We can give ourselves the medicine we need through self-love and self-discovery. And that is truly the recovery. Yeah. So
1: Well, and also being still. You know, I'm always like, oh, God, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. So I can heal. I got to get here. I got to do this. I got to do this. Or I won't heal or I'm not making any steps or I'm not. But sometimes, just like when you work out, sometimes you need those days to lay on the couch and watch a comedy and laugh. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to be a little depressed and hang out in bed. No, don't live there. Yes. But... That is equally important to your healing yeah, and into your transformation and your rediscovery of yourself in your life. Mm-hmm. You have to give yourself that time, that
0: space, yes. that grace, right? You yes. have to give it to you. That, that stillness and slowness is, you need more of that now you than have to ever. Be still,
1: be quiet, listen to yourself, yeah. you know, and reflect. A lot of reflecting.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like you've offered up a lot of self-reflection for me, even though I've been through so much growth on my own. Having these types of conversations is really sacred and really special. And I appreciate you being here so, so, so much. So thank you for sharing you and your story. And I know that this conversation is going to really resonate and support so many people. So thank you. I really do. Thank you. And to all of you guys listening, make sure you go out into the world, shine your light bright, and love yourselves healthy. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved the chat today, take a quick screenshot of this episode and send it to a friend. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue our conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe and check out my soulful services at joyfullydivorced.com. Remember joy is contagious. So go out there, shine your light bright and live a limitless life.